0: You come to this place, and it is magic. The patrons around you some laugh, some are crying, but all of them seem to care. And they need that, it looks like. And in some way, it feels like you need that too. On a huge silver screen in front of you, you see dazzling images. Two big brown gates open up, allowing a train to pass through them. A loving couple. Dances in front of a glorious sunset, sound rings across the auditorium that you can feel. One of the images on screen breaks your heart, yet somehow that feels good. From what you can tell, these stories feel perfect and powerful. Now roll for insight, because we've come back to this place for the joy, for the wonder, for the excitement. We come here to feel joy, sadness, love, fear, triumph. We come here to think and to have our minds challenged. When the image is framed to perfection, when the sound envelops you, when the music begins to soar, we take flight. To go somewhere new, to remember where we came from, to imagine where we can go, because in a place like this, everything feels right. Nice. why do it have
1: to be snakes?
2: Get in, loser! We're going shopping! Right? Yep, yeah,
1: two corpses, everything's fine. I'm
2: your hucklebear.
0: Get away from her, you bitch!
2: Bring it on as I'm gonna make it, man. Oh, no. Eat it up. Oh, eat it up. we in a stupid, stupid universe where we have hot
0: dogs for fingers. I'll have what she's having. Episode of In a Place Like This. I'm Chris Michael Smith, joined today by Justin Garrett and Jeremiah Moritz. Yo, hello. Welcome back, Justin. Uh, you might remember him from our first episode on Batman. Uh, anything changed for you uh, over the past year or so?
1: Uh, not much. Uh, started a new job at the aquarium, the aquarium of the Pacific. That's a mouthful. That's a lot of fun, but for yeah, me. that's
0: about it. And how about you, Jeremiah? Tell us about yourself.
2: Uh, I'm 35. I like to rollerblade, I'm a huge <laughs> Jensen <laughs> and Dragons nerd, uh, my main occupation is doing retail for archery. So I ask this question
0: every episode to all my guests. Justin, I already asked you what your favorite movie is. Um, favorites can change over time. I know ever since I started the podcast, my favorite changed to Everything Everywhere All At Once, and uh, did your favorite movie change?
1: Um you know what i don't think it has um
0: so we got still the secret it's of probably Mim.
1: yeah still the secret of nim nice bringing it back
0: yeah that's a good pick I, I can't disagree with that and how about you jeremiah what, what do you got for a favorite movie of all time my
2: favorite movie of all time it would have to be stardust
0: oh my god stardust wow I love, I love it. I love fantasy, but I love it. It's a great movie. I love fantasy. It's so good. It's like, such an underrated movie.
2: It, it is one of the greatest fantasy movies to me out there. You know, because it, it has like great cast, uh, like uh, just the story behind it, the the way they do the magic, how they link everything together. It it's phenomenal. I love it. And from what I remember,
0: there was actually a gay character. Uh, oh, Robert, yes, Robert, Robert De Niro. De Niro. Like, uh, the gay pirate. Yes.
1: I'm pretty sure uh, Henry Cavill's character was gay, too.
2: Probably.
0: Yes. <laughs> Headcanon.
1: People forget that he's in I that mean, movie. I mean, yeah.
2: with that blonde hair, top hat, and cane, <laughs> definitely. I uh, challenge I mean, you to a I duel. We'll, at, at the end, when Robert De Niro's character was like, uh, they were crowning Tristan, Robert De Niro looks over, kind of winks at Henry Cavill, and he's like... Mm-hmm. 100%! Uh, kind of like, oh
0: Alright, and we are about to start geeking out on another property that is probably going to franchise out, uh, but before we do that, is there anything else you would like to geek, uh, sorry,
2: geek out about? I'm a huge Star Trek nerd, that's my thing. Yeah. Star Trek and yep. D&D is what I go for, any kind of, uh, you know, you have fantasy and sci-fi, those are my genres.
0: Yeah, you just 3D printed out a new thing for your speaker there. My Google Home. Yes.
2: I print out the um, Kelvin Timeline Enterprise that my Google Home sits on uh, through my 3D printer i had to glue that together in pieces.
0: And if you want, I could like get a photo of that and like post it like as part of the show notes and stuff. Go for it. All right. It yeah.
1: really is a great time to be whether you're a Star Trek fan, you're a Star Wars fan, there's so much content of both right now. It's amazing. Yeah. I love both sides. I love Star Trek and Star Wars, so I'm a happy camper at the
0: moment. Yeah, Starf and D and D. Being a D and D fan, we ha, we are having our moment in the sun with this new movie. Yeah, and yeah, no, like the, the fan,
2: nerds are ruling the world. Yeah.
1: they are. From straight from Stranger Things is where like this D and D like obsession started with Hollywood. They're like, oh, this actually people like this stuff. Let's start making more stuff.
0: All right, so like you said, Dungeons and Dragons has been around for a long time. It was originally published all the way back in 1974 by Tactical Studies Rules Incorporated. Uh, since 1997, they've, uh, they've been part of Wizards of the Coast, which is owned by Hasbro. Um, it was derived from a miniature war games uh, thing, kind of like a Chainmail. Ma- chain and um, it was sort of the beginning of modern RPGs, uh, which, you know, if anyone who's played like video games, like Final Fantasy and uh, Chrono Trigger and Dragon Quest, stuff like that, that was all derived from Dungeons & Dragons. Um, there was the whole satanic panic of the 1980s where, uh, all these, like, people started freaking out that kids were, like, summoning demons by playing
2: D&D, which... Essentially, you are, but it's it's a little (laughs) mini-demon that your characters fight against. I think
1: it's less threatening than a Ouija board. Right?
0: Mm -hmm. It's all pretend, but you know people were like, "No, it's for real," and they're licking toads and getting high and all that stuff. They're but,
1: licking toads and getting high. They're puffing
2: bags. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's the old spray paint into a bag, and <laughs> that 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 was the thing. So
0: basic game mechanics is you build your character stats, uh, you roll dice, and how you roll determines how well your character does at various things. I know that is a super oversimplification of how the game works, but it's generally that. It's a very it's very much a game of chance, a game of skill, and a game of role playing. Because the whole fun of the game is telling a story. It's true. Well actually you know what? That's part of it. The whole fun of the game is hanging out with your friends. And telling a story. That's that part. That's
2: the more true part, yes. Being able to hang out with your friends and kind of just play pretend like you were five, six years old again.
1: Escape from the world.
2: Yes. It, for a little bit. Yeah. I think that's probably why it became as popular
0: as it was. So, what got you into D&D?
1: I've played... I started D&D back in 2009. Wow. Yeah, um, I played my first game... Uh, with my ex and his friends, and completely fell in love with it, I had an obsession with buying minis, and back then, the minis were actually metal, so I have, like, 10 to 15 metal uh, minis that I've painted, and the game's, like, since then has evolved so much, It's I think it's gone through two different uh, overhauls of the game. But yeah, it's just continuing to to grow and become even better and bigger.
2: Well, Justin is actually the one that got me into D&D, because he pretty much just asked me one day, It's like, I think you'd like playing D&D, do you want to play D&D? And I just went for it, and I said, yeah, sure, why not? Um, And then that's when, you know, we spoke with our old DM, our previous DM, Logan, and uh, got our friend group together and just started playing. You know and then because of you know my obsession for like things that I get interested in I've just went down a rabbit hole I, I fell into it and I just keep going and going and going and now we have minis everywhere I built I built the table that we're currently recording this podcast on right? which yeah. is our D, my D&D table I literally,
0: built. my laptop and my microphone are situated on top of the uh, D&D table I'm gonna get a photo of that before we leave by the, the way, way. Uh, You have the popcorn bucket that we bought at the movie theaters, which is a D20-shaped popcorn bucket that they sold uh, to celebrate uh, Honor Among Thieves. Yeah, no, and now you're DMing your first campaign. Yes. Which I am happy to be a part of. Super fun. It is amazing. It's great.
2: And I I mean, I even bought a 3D printer just so I could print more (laughs) D&D stuff. And you're making use of that. Yes. (laughs) Uh, For me, it
0: was... Well, I was always interested in playing it, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you need to find the right group. You need to find people who are willing to, like, join in with you. I remember when I was a kid, I actually, I didn't realize I was doing it at the time, but I actually tried to homebrew my own D&D campaign, but it wasn't, like, officially D&D. It was based on Final Fantasy, which I grew up being a huge fan of. And I actually tried to get my closest friends together to, like, play it, and it fell apart. We ended up not doing it. But, looking back, this is something I always wanted to do, but I think my first, well, I know for a fact, my first game was with you guys, when you guys got me in a couple
2: years ago to play the Curse of Strahd yes. campaign. of the fun Curse of Strahd campaign. Yeah. Uh, any, anything that kind of gets you interested in D&D, like a group of very beginner everyone... Is the way to go because you're just like, how do I do this? What's going on? And then you're like, oh, this is fun We're, we're like and then sooner or later you, you kind of get along with it and figure it out
1: You all learn together. What
0: was great is we yeah, had We were all just figuring it out as we went along and just enjoying the game more and more Like I think the only one who, who even really knew what he was doing was Logan because he and you you, you had done it before uh, the rest of us were just like
2: winging it. So I went down my rabbit hole. Yeah. Yes. Now, <laughs> no now he's obsessed. And like, now, he's obsessed. Into, now, now oh, I spend all my free time on like D&D Beyond and reading uh, the modules or reading the source books and me- trying to memorize spells. so it, like, it helps me go DM faster.
0: One of my favorite things that you do is like you have like two different characters that you've played where you find a way to get them to just sort of keep going.
2: Oh. In one
0: single move.
2: Yeah. And it's all, like, within the rules. It's all, like... It, it, I, I played a, a rogue fighter for my first character. Uh, so... And they... I was an arcane archer. So it was basically arrow after arrow after arrow after arrow after arrow after arrow. So it was just launching Three arrows yeah, constantly. <laughs> right. constantly. So it... it To me, it became a game of how can I get my turn to go faster so I don't have everybody waiting on me. Yeah. So that's how I began to memorize my characters, is like, okay, let's see what's going on, how can I get this turn going, and then move on. (laughs) So
0: in the 1980s, D&D was popular enough that it spawned its own TV series, which was a co-production between Marvel and Hoei Animation. Uh, Do you remember watching any of that?
1: I distinctly remember the trailer, and therefore I know I watched it at some point, but I could not tell you absolutely anything about it.
2: never saw it when I was a child, but uh, I just wanted to see if it was on YouTube, so I did watch a couple episodes on YouTube. I can't remember them. (laughs) Oh, apparently they're not particularly memorable. Um, you know, it's different mindsets. I'm sure if I was a child, uh, you know, I'd still love to watch it again, but I did not grow up with it. So it's kind of hard to watch something from the 80s as a person from the t- 2023 now. Yeah, it it feels like it probably didn't age
0: particularly well. I mean, it might have because it does get a reference in the new movie. Mm-hmm. A pretty direct reference. In fact, we've uh, was it, one of you sent the TikTok about that, right? It was yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty fun, but um, so I guess it kind of has a core audience, but unfortunately, we were we weren't like part of that. And it's not like I was not able to watch '80s cartoons because I definitely remember watching like Thundercats. oh my favorite. That is one
1: hundred percent my favorite.
0: and Inspector Gadget. And oh my Spectre God. Gadgets. But for some reason, Dungeons and Dragons never really entered my um, Street Sharks. Street that was in (laughs) the 90s though. Yeah,
1: Street
0: Sharks in the 90s. Yeah. Ben
1: Diesel did the commercial for that.
0: And since then, it didn't really get adapted anymore until the year 2000. Uh, Directed by Courtney Solomon, the movie was just called Dungeons and Dragons, starring Justin Wallen, Waylon Waylon? Wallen. I think it's Waylon. Waylon. The guy from Susie Q. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Rennie. Oh, sorry. Hold up. Marlon Wayans was in it. Jeremy Irons, and um, there's a cool little bit about Jeremy Irons where he was asked why he did the movie, and he said something along along the lines of, "I just bought a castle. I had to pay for it somehow." <laughs> <laughs> um, There were attempts at making this since the 1980s, and a whole bunch of different directors were attached to it. And these were, like, huge names in the 80s. This was, like, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, James Cameron, Rennie Harlan, uh, who ended up doing uh, Die Hard 2. Mm -hmm. Um, Stan Winston, the visual effects guy, was, uh, like, at one point attached to it. Uh, So with this movie... They went with this, like, new generic setting that was only loosely based on an existing setting called Mystara. Um It kind of gained a ton of notoriety for being one of the worst movies of all time. And for me, it's... Having seen it <laughs> very recently, uh, Jeremiah, you're the one who showed it to me, uh, after we had started playing D&D... And my first thought was, I cannot picture how the players around the table are playing this game, because none of it makes sense. Uh, like, it doesn't fit within to the within the schematics of the game. It feels like it kind of just pulled the title and used a generic fantasy setting to tell a weird story. That being said, I think it's a great bad movie. <laughs>
2: honestly I, I will fully admit this I love it <laughs> and Justin hates that I, I love it just can't it's because the movie. first time I watched it I was 13 years old and I have a nostalgia for it like I love the soundtrack and that's mostly what got me was the soundtrack I, I love the soundtrack to the soundtrack. movie I was a, a very much a band nerd when I was in school I played clarinet and tuba so I loved. I loved listening to scores and playing music so at the time, I loved that soundtrack. Um, this, honestly, the acting is awful. Mm, oh my it's gosh!
1: So awful. Everything is awful. Academy <laughs> oh, Award winner. No, Jeremy I know. I earns. <laughs> but oh. for some
2: odd reason, my thirteen-year-old mind was like, "This is an amazing story of a hero <laughs> saving the day," and I linked with that. And honestly. I thought he was cute the main character i can never remember his name i thought he was cute
0: he actually was like oh look, i'm gonna go like, it we'll definitely
2: the, has the the night that 90s heartthrob look to him
0: in um the movie suzy q with uh uh the pink ranger from power from power rangers where she plays a ghost there's amy a scene, joe
1: amy jo johnson
0: yeah amy joe johnson there's a scene in it where like he wakes up and he's like in his like trunks only and it's just like this was a movie for children but um hello something mm. is happening to me here um yes he he could get it um for me
1: just watching this movie <laughs> like it I, we we re it and it wasn't bad I mean, until <laughs> dot 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 the most cringiest part of the movie is when the I think it's the main character falls to his knees and says, "No!" <laughs> like it's just so cringy, and but I, snails
2: it, just died in front of him. It just took, It literally took for, me.
1: Literally took me out of the moment.
2: Yeah, if you haven't seen it, yeah. sorry. It's a spoiler.
1: Come on, right? It for was a made in the eighties. <laughs>
2: Uh, Jeremy Irons
0: knew what kind of movie he was in because he was just devouring that scenery. Like, he was just like, I'm just going to do whatever. Like, I'm going to overdo everything. And it was magic. It was beautiful. I loved it. No notes. It's bad. It is a bad Mm. movie. But that's its charm, in my opinion. Um, It did gain a lot of notoriety. (laughs) It was a box office bomb. Yet, somehow, it spawned two sequels. One was made for TV. It was called Wrath of the Dragon God. And the other one was called The Book of Vile Darkness. Um, I know very little about these movies. I didn't watch them at all. And again, they didn't get full theatrical releases like this one did. But yeah, it, it got, I guess, enough of something for them to be like, let's just make another.
1: Hmm. I have never even heard of
2: those. Choices. 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 <laughs> Choices.
0: Yeah. So just last month, uh, Honor Among Thieves, the brand new Dungeons and Dragons movie, uh, was released. Um, We weren't sure what to expect of it. I know that online, the discourse was very much... Positive. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is now, but I remember before, people were like, oh, this is going to be terrible, this is going to be horrible, Um, and you know, where they like cherry pick little bits of the trailer, which anything you pull out of context looks bad, they were doing that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It was awesome. It was really, really good. It was really freaking good. It was funny. It was heart- heartwarming. I don't know how it, was it, was every, it was everything.
2: It was everything. It was, was a yeah.
1: great-paced movie. Like you didn't feel like it was lagging. It's. It's just. It was really good it was storytelling. was
0: so satisfying. Like I, uh, I'm gonna be kind of bold here. I'm gonna compare it with like Lord of the Rings and like star wars i feel like it has that energy to it
1: i feel like it does too I and mean, it has the fan base to match
0: yeah it already has that built-in fan base and like the franchise potential from this is huge
1: they could do they can go anywhere with this they yeah can, they can do sequels they can do a different cast tv series yeah anything
2: like, it's, it's basic storytelling, and that's pretty much what D&D is. Like, you, uh, you're adventurers going on your own quest, and that's what it felt like. It was adventurers going on a quest, and the greatest thing about the way it felt was obviously that you didn't... It's like you were actually watching a campaign happen. Yeah. That's what I felt.
1: You could literally see what each character was doing. Hey, say, like, they tried to open a door and they couldn't, They you know, they rolled a natural one, like... It's just so much fun. And it's, it's fun for people who play D&D, because we could spot different things, but it was also fun for people who didn't know D&D, and now are like, oh, this is actually kind of cool, yeah. let me try it.
0: Because that's one of the cool things about D&D, is like you're telling a story. Whatever game you're playing, you're telling a story. Um, and even if you don't know the mechanics, even if you don't know like all the rules and the ins and outs of the gameplay, you're getting the story aspect of it. And the story was pretty awesome.
2: Yes. I mean, it, I mean, you were bringing that up, so then I just flashed back to our Curse of Strahd. We had no idea what we were doing in Curse of Strahd, but then when I go back to the memory of playing it, like, the story through my head of what led up to everything, I was like, this is actually a pretty decent story. Yeah. It, it's nonsense, but it's a pretty decent story. It might have
0: been nonsense just because of the way we played it. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. My character was extremely meta, like, very much... Uh, referring to things within our world, but then I work that into the character. So that's the fun thing about D and D is you can just do pretty much whatever you want. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. since,
1: since since there's no, I mean, there's books to D and D, but they're all different. So like, like I said, any any it can go anywhere. They can do any story they want. They can just make up whatever they want. There's no like book they have to follow or, you know, stuff like that.
0: Like I mentioned before, my my uh, homebrew, which I didn't know was a homebrew, you can just make your own. You don't even have to go off of the existing books. You can just make Create your, your own. own worlds. And just utilize the D&D mechanics. It's great. I love it. And that's kind of what it felt like they did with this movie, although I think they used, like, existing worlds. Yeah,
2: they, they used existing Faerun uh, from the Sword Coast. Um, so, we, like, a lot of the cities were very familiar to us who are playing the modules that are out um And, you know, going into the Underdark, we're currently in an Underdark campaign right now, Out of the Abyss, and this is one of my favorite campaigns, and that's one of the things, like, I can recall the whole campaign in my head, the whole story of it, because you're actually living it, in a sense, and, you know, that's what makes it feel so amazing
0: directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, who previously did Game Night, and who better to do uh, Dungeons & Dragons movie than the two guys who did a movie about a game night.
1: And if you haven't seen it, go see it, because it is so funny.
0: It is one of the funniest movies. I remember
1: going into that movie like, I think my friend wanted to go see it and I was like, I don't know, I don't want to see this movie. But I left and my stomach was so sore from laughing the entire night so good.
0: That's one of my favorite gags. Yes. Oh no, he died.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good.
0: Oh gosh. Um sorry, I got up on a tangent there, but yeah, no, these two are great. They're great for comedic uh, storytelling and D&D does have a lot of that comedic storytelling to it. Um, which also kind of ties into the whole thing where like this is friends getting together to play a game and you kind of make it fun any way that you can.
2: Any way you can.
0: And yeah, these characters aren't just having fun. Even some of them just sort of slyly referring to some of the game mechanics, like, in character. Mm-hmm. There's one point where one character even says, Nice save.
1: Yes. Again, one of those references where if you know D&D, you're like, ah, I understood that reference. I understood that one.
0: <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was like, you could see where the character... Um, justice smith's character um, simon simon he like clearly hit a nat one because he walked right into the trap that like collapsed the bridge and then immediately fixes the situation with something else that he had up his arsenal and it's like that's what dnd is like okay one thing clearly didn't work or oh we just sort of ruined everything how do we get past it and that's part of the fun it's magic it? just just, a way. just use magic yeah uh, just use that, magic. That, that, that's always the when excuse out, use magic
2: use magic Can't you just use magic? (laughs)
0: Right. So this movie stars Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Reggae jean Page, am I saying his name right? I think so. Uh, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, Hugh Grant, Daisy Head. It's a huge cast. They're amazing, by the way. Uh, Originally, Joe Manganiello Mm -hmm. uh, from True Blood, he wrote a screenplay to work with director Brad Payton and uh, Dwayne Johnson because they're sort of that director-actor pairing that usually does, like, disaster movies and stuff. I don't—I can't say how well that would have worked. As, as much as I think Dwayne Johnson could be up to the oh. task.
2: Yeah, so, uh, when it comes to storytelling, that's the key to D&D, and I think, you know, part of it is, oh, if you're just going to throw action people into it— then it just kind of almost defeats the purpose of what it is.
0: It really depends on, like, how it's written. I think with the right screenplay, because I thought, you know, the Jumanji movies worked with, and he was in those. Uh, Joe Manganiello is a super nerd. Yes. And he has a huge reverence for D and b So I have a feeling that whatever he wrote would have at least respected the source material.
2: Yeah. But it just then depends on how it's going to be acted. Yeah, that <laughs> so there—that's where the question lies,
0: and how it's directed. And again, you—what we need is the sensibility that this movie brought, which I'm. Not—I'm not, not going to throw shade at like Brad Payton, or The Rock, who can do fun movies. I'm just not sure if the fun movies they do are the right fit for D and D.
2: I understand that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because when you're when you're playing your character, a lot of times. For people who don't actually act they're kind of just saying things yeah. or you know you're, you're announcing what your character does and maybe you try to do a little voice with your character or maybe you try to you know have him like do certain mannerisms that kind of fit that character and if I'm, if you're gonna watch a D and D movie and you're watching actors portray characters where they interact with each other on like that dramatic level versus people talking against each other, yeah. <laughs> like that's what made it feel more real of D and
1: D. Yeah, it was a great cast I and mean, they all worked very well together. They uh, had such chemistry with each other.
0: What I think helped with that is that the cast actually did play an hours long game of DnD to help them one better understand the game and to help the director see how they interacted with each other. So I feel like that fed into the movie as well. That's
1: what you should do. That's a great idea. Like yeah, I could any you
0: just do that for any movie. Yeah, any movie. Like <laughs>
1: even that's what I've been saying about about like these Marvel movies or DC movies or blah 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 blah. blah. Like read the comic that it's based on. They should be in a room full of just grab some nerds and get their opinion before you start doing things to a, a movie or a scene, you know?
0: Or just play a D&D session with, like, just roleplay it. Do improv. That's what, that's what D&D is. It's like a big, giant improv session. Yep. Um, which is a great acting exercise, and it really served this movie very well. Uh, some influences for the screenplay included The Princess Bride. Uh, Monty and Python mm-hmm. and the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. okay. Lord of the Rings, and Indiana Jones. Uh, the Indiana Jones one kind of uh, stuck out because part of that was the whole mixture of a dungeon crawl and a heist film. Yeah, which is what this was. Yes. And it's funny how they mention all these other influences, because it's like, we, how many times have we, like, mentioned Monty Python in our own campaigns? All the
2: time. Definitely. Or Lord of the Rings. Yep. <laughs> well, we always want to be that epic fantasy Lord of the Rings, but it ends up being Monty, Monty Python. Python. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. yeah.
1: Because, like, Lord of the Rings in itself is pretty much almost like D&D. Like, yeah. there's the rogue, there's the archer, there's the, the mage, like... It's it's there. It's all there. It's the classic there,
2: adventuring squad. There was
0: a... I don't know if it was a Tumblr post or something where they went over, like, how Lord of the Rings fits into D&D, and it's hilarious because it goes into the guy who played Gandalf had to, like, take a break for a while, so Gandalf died for a little bit. <laughs>
1: and then a new one popped up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... It's perfect, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's... Like, you can even say that, like, uh, your char- character had to leave for, like, two months or something, and they came back, and... Their, their character leveled up in that time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that that happened in our campaign. We had a we had one of our players who had to take a couple months off because of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fell asleep for <laughs> yep. a while, and then just woke up randomly when you know he was able to come back and play with and us. And let's be
2: honest, we forgot he existed when we were tearing <laughs> apart a city, and we left him in the tavern in in that city, and there and when he did come back. It's like, oh, yeah, um, you, the, ra- the were-ravens brought you to their safe haven for us because we forgot you were there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, totally.
1: Anything can happen in D&D. <laughs> right?
2: Uh, already,
0: you mentioned, like, all the stuff that, you know, you could branch out do TV shows and stuff. There's already tie-in literature for this movie. There's a book called uh, The Druid's Call. There's another one called The Feast of the Moon. And it's all, like, tied into the movie. Like, so it already has stuff. And uh, D&D also created, or sorry, Wizards of the Coast, uh, they also created playable stat blocks for all the movie characters. I have seen those stat blocks. I needed to see. I mean,
1: they're a little iffy, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. but th- they have them.
0: So, like, yeah, you, you, there's already the merchandising. Uh, you already bought one. We went to uh, that D&D store. Oh, there. yes.
2: You um... the, the the set. Yes, the, yeah. they had the D&D mini set. It came with a uh, Displacer Beast, a gelatinous cube, an owlbear, um, a mimic, an uh, intellect devourer. Um, so it, I, it gave me a whole bunch of new minis to play with because you I am a mini minis, horde. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love minis. <laughs> it's relaxing to sit down and paint them. Uh, and I just love moving them around the map and kind of just <laughs> playing with them.
0: And, yeah, no. know, the minis are great because they kind of, like, help you visualize the game. Definitely. Oh, no, you dropped one. Oh, no, he died! (laughs) And, yeah, this movie was a huge success. It was 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, which those of us who, like us, we all knew, the us present company, we knew this was going to be a good movie. I don't think we anticipated it being that good.
1: Yeah, it was just Yeah, was I don't think
0: people anticipated it being that good either. Uh, it was a huge box office success. There's a spin off TV series already in development. There's potential sequels. I think we have, like, a huge franchise on it. Limitless. Our it's like, literally
1: limitless. And yeah. they, like I said, there's no... There's a source material, but there's no definitive... Thing they have to follow they can go wherever they want they
0: can do yeah. whatever they want it's like it's not like they're stuck to a book that they have to follow all the things it's not like they have to wait for a writer to finish writing books nope.
1: as long to, as you have uh, as long as they're pulling from the happen. source material they're fine
0: yeah and uh yeah just make a session <laughs> yep. just roll the dice find out where the characters go next and yeah I'd, uh in general characters like actors who love to work with each other uh who are going to have fun playing with each other what are you, some of your like favorite scenes
1: um definitely for me um most of the time in our campaigns i play a druid and so <clears throat> her character was a lot of fun i think her name was doric um it was really cool seeing her go on the heist and wild shape into different animals trying to get escape the castle that was and like there's you know there's things in D D that you can't really do like they showed in the movie but they made it more cinematic for the movie which which made it even better because why shouldn't she be able to transform into different beasts at will
0: that's interesting too because like you mentioned like that should be a thing for the druid character
1: it really should be like i feel like they should have a time limit and they can change into whatever they want in their challenge rating um that they can
0: so that's another thing i wanted to talk about for a little bit was because yeah i I noticed how i mentioned the previous movie you can't like picture how that game went in this one you can you can see things where like some rules were definitely bent but also you could picture the dm going this is cool i'll allow
1: it yep and that's something that dms can do that which is is so cool yes like you're she's she's running through the castle and like she transforms into a bird and she's flying and then all of a sudden an arrow hits her and she falls into a flag like she could have just rolled, you know, really bad on her, 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 her uh, dexterity. dexterity. dexterity yeah. So it's just stuff like that. And I just, I really enjoyed, I mean, out of the characters, you only get like a little bit of their backstories and you, you feel for them enough to enjoy the movie. I definitely think I, I would like more backstory from them in the next coming up if they're in the next movie or whatever. But I know Doric has a book, so I'm going to be reading that. But um, my favorite part of hers is definitely at the end when she's making sure that the villain's dead and she's, like, pounding on the <laughs> floor. That's right, an making sure, you know, it's, it's dead. You know, double tap. <laughs> and then, of course, the beginning with the...
0: Jonathan! Like, <laughs> that was a
1: practical... it just set...
0: That was a practical effect. Yeah,
1: and it was so cool because it just set the tone of the movie. I was like, okay, we're like, okay, we're going, we're going, we're getting cool. this backstory, getting this backstory. And just, All of, of a sudden, pausing.
0: he's just he's just constantly being like, wait, John, Jonathan was supposed to be here. I feel like Jonathan would definitely help me out a little bit more. He'll he'll listen to my story a little bit more. And everyone's was like, oh my gosh, could you just please stop talking about Jonathan?
1: Again, okay, in that moment, you could you could even say like he was in that moment he was rolling for persuasion and kept getting low so that. The judge kept going, like, okay, we're done, we're trying to get going. And then Jonathan <laughs> shows up, and I hear her, I'm thinking, oh, Jonathan's like an old buddy and old friend, but nope, it's just <laughs> their escape, it's which is epic. pretty freaking epic.
0: <laughs> but we were going to approve your release! <laughs> like,
1: it's just, from that moment, I knew it was going to be a good ride. Yeah, Hand, that, sets,
0: that just set the tone for the entire movie, it's great. Uh, one of my favorite scenes, it was lightly mentioned in the trailer but it was the whole thing the necromancy scene
2: uh the graveyard the
0: graveyard where Mm. he keeps like bringing someone back from the dead yet you can only ask five questions did that count as a question yes why did you answer why did you finish that with a question i didn't Mm. (laughs) (laughs) like
2: it's so good and it's so true And then they continued questioning throughout. So you're you just like, okay, I know I have this, this, that you could tell that that was a dungeon master who was tired of their, their players antics. It's like, okay, I'm really going to mess with them this time. I'm not going to give you the right answers to begin with. You're going to ask so many people until I'm like, I'm satisfied.
1: <laughs> and it was really cool. Like through that scene, it was cool. Cause they were raising the dead and then you see, you got to visualize and see what the dead were talking about. Like their part, in the war like you see them going through the battlefield and so that's really uh, that's really cool added touch
0: yeah so like definitely builds it's a lot of world building but they do it in such a like amazing way like they don't like beat you over the head with it they don't like bog down the movie with it they kind of like they sneak it in while you're watching the movie Mm -hmm. which is probably which is the best way to do it
2: i mean kind of like it started to make me think about robin hood men in tights i mean it's kind of similar to that movie too you know i love that movie they're like i get another shot let's check the script (laughs) yeah (laughs) when in doubt check the script yeah like halfway
1: through the game when you're doing it like can i do this and the Dan's like i don't know let me check
0: (laughs) (laughs) that happens so much
2: (laughs) so much it's like let me let me throw out this outlandish idea of mine and see if it works, and that's literally how it goes. Just a roll of the dice. Uh, did it work? You know what did you roll? Yes or no. Uh, for me, my favorite scene has has to be in the Underdark. Starting off with uh, Simon stepping on the bridge and making it fall, and be like, well, there went that. He's like, and I didn't then, know the bridge started here. Yes, and then <laughs> the the hither thither. Staff, I was like, oh my gosh! here's your magic item that you you magically need right now. Yeah, because they can't get across this bridge. Go with the story. It's okay, and definitely the paladin. Uh, I love the paladin. That is your classic um, NPC, and he
1: plays it so well. Like he's so stern and like very much. I'm only going to give you the answer to what you, you you need. The answer you need.
0: And like every time they try to like play around with him or they'll like use wordplay with him, they'll just it'll just like shove it aside. I find irony is a weapon that cuts he who wields it the most.
1: You're not very fun, are you? Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> I mean that that's the that's the DM who's like, Oh crap, I have to play this NPC. I'm just going to put minimal effort into this. Yeah. <laughs> Like um yes this is the this is how this person acts just completely like this the whole time. <laughs> and then that
1: one there's that one character that like oh they're going you know they're in the underdark and they just got ambushed and i know this this team probably can't handle it by themselves but here's this npc that is super overpowered. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he can do it all by himself.
0: And then just leaves before like the final scene just like and yep. the the whole npc thing where it's like oh is he going to go around the rock?
2: No, he's just going to just go right over it. it.
1: I'm like, oh, is he jo- going to join the party? And he's like, nope, I was literally here for plot. I yes. feel like,
0: too, that almost pulls from video game mechanics a little bit, because your NPCs in video games will do that. They'll just, like, start walking in a direction, and then just, like, it, especially in, like, older 3D video games, they'll, oh, like, literally and just, then they just walk just flip to, flip I mean, out. And they go through the wall. Yeah, and they, they just clip the out. <laughs> yeah, or they'll just go into the wall and just keep walking, but mm-hmm. they can't walk any further because they're walking into the wall. The one thing I love about this movie, too, is, like, it, they didn't, skimp on like the cinematic stuff no lots of like filmmaking technique was put into this like there was love put into like the technical aspects of this movie and
1: practical costumes it wasn't all just cgi like they legit had jarnathan they had Jarn- a bird Jarn- they had Jarn- a dragonborn they had a fish yeah. like a <laughs> the, fish head the, the, they, had the a, taxi they had a they had a cat head like <laughs> they had practical Effects.
0: They bred a chunky dragon? No, they didn't.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh Thumbershop. Oh, he's so
1: chunky and I he love was so him. Cute.
0: I love one. And he's
1: like trying to fly. He's like, reminds me of Heinlich and uh, Bugs <laughs> Life. Oh, so good.
0: He's so cute. So devastating, but so cute. And was, like
1: I guess, again, it was so gratifying because we met him and we played with him. So it was just so cool to see on the big screen.
2: Yeah. You handed him some gold. I did.
1: I gave him some gold and I was like, we weren't here like don't eat us <laughs>
0: right i want to ask you a bunch of questions and i want to have them answered immediately for our q a segment we only had a couple questions this week i'm guessing dnd is still kind of a niche thing where if you're just getting into it you might not know the right question to ask so i did have a couple and one of them was what's your alignment
2: I generally go lawful good or chaotic good I uh, always I, I always play good characters i I can't do evil so much uh, it's not in me <laughs> so I like sometimes I'll just go straight neutral but uh, I think zircon is chaotic good he he's the monk that I'm playing in our out of the abyss campaign
0: I tried to create a chaotic evil character and as much as I try to I think he's coming across as more true neutral than chaotic evil, and might just end up being good anyway.
2: I mean, the campaign is still ne- fresh, so you never know what's going to happen. I would not call him neutral. Still evil? He, he, likes,
1: th- he likes things on fire.
0: That mm. is true. He's, very cha- he's a very chaotic... Maybe chaotic neutral? I mean, that's fine. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, I think I want to keep him chaotic, at the very least.
1: Most of the time, I I like more neutral... Because I, I, I like to play, like, the anti-hero, usually. Like, I'm not a goody-good person. Yeah, and then more recently, I think I became more chaotic neutral. Because I get a, I get a taste for vengeance. <laughs> well,
0: these are your characters, though. What about you as a person? I think that's what he's asking. Like, you personally, how do you identify? Oh, I
2: answered it the same way. I can't be a bad person. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's what it goes for. I, I'd like... Part of D that i like is when you're playing your character you can actually add a little bit of yourself into it you know this is who i want to be essentially i love this character and i like to play this character and i like to come across as that like every video game i've played i've always gone paragon with the characters and even trying to go like negative i just I can't. (laughs) I was like, no, I don't want to hurt you people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think for myself, I'm still the same. I'm like chaotic neutral. Like, I'm a Slytherin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I would probably push myself more towards chaotic good. That's at least what I would like to strive for. Because, you know, I think doing the right thing is great. But, you know, whatever means to get there. (laughs) Yeah. I got to support that. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually a good question that, of course, comes from uh, Red Running Fox on Instagram. And our next question comes from friend of the show, Clark Silva, who was uh, previously, I can talk, on our Phantom of the Opera episode. What actors would you cast in your own version, and what class would they
2: be? Oh, boy. This is a a big question. That is a big question, because that's something I don't really think about. (laughs) And also,
0: like, I'm afraid of answering that, because what if, you know, I have this great idea for, like, this up-and-coming actor, and then it turns out they've done stuff, and we can't like them anymore.
2: (laughs) That is also very true. Um, Honestly, I love the cast that they chose. The cast
0: they chose was perfect.
1: I would love to see Michelle Yeoh.
0: Michelle Yeoh would be great.
1: I would cast her in my D and D movie.
0: What class would she play though?
1: Probably something mystical. Sor- I, sorceress or
0: I could see I could see her being a sor I could see her being a sorceress, a wizard, a monk. Maybe a mixture of the two.
1: Yeah. I could see Chris Evans as a paladin. Of course. I could see that.
0: <laughs> I mean he Again, kinda sort of played one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: That, that's who Captain, Captain America is, he's the paladin.
0: And it's like, I I don't want to go too far into stuff that's already been done, but like Ian McKellen, because he's already done Gandalf, but...
2: But he's so good at it.
0: He is really good at it.
2: I mean, why not throw Patrick Stewart into the mix? Patrick Stewart.
0: Yeah, Patrick Stewart could be a good wizard, Mm. or a good, like, who would be... So you have our paladin, that's Chris added. we have our mystical, our sorceress monk, uh, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, Let's see, who would maybe be our rogue? Who would be a good rogue?
1: a good rogue
0: I would throw in Jack Black as a bard
2: yeah definitely Peaches (laughs) Jack
1: Black is amazing Audrey Plaza
2: Aubrey Plaza Aubrey, sorry (laughs) you know what, let's like make her the rogue
0: Aubrey Plaza would be a damn good rogue
2: she'd be great Yeah, she'd be a great bard too (laughs) I can see that but I, I, can see, I can see her as a rogue, mainly because uh, she would be good with, like, a thieves' can't. <laughs> just talking, like, just monotones, like, you know what I'm talking about. I don't need to say it again. <laughs> and just dead.
0: If Dwayne Johnson were to be a part of it, I would say barbarian.
2: I mean, it's obvious. But and, uh, honestly, I would I would say he should be kind of like a fighter instead of barbarian. Don't go for that. Or,
0: or either make him go full fighter or full barbarian, or have him go against type.
2: Maybe. He could be a warlock. I mean, he's already kind of done that with um, playing uh, Black, Black Adam. Adam.
0: Oh, Black Adam. You're yes.
2: right, there, right, Black Adam is essentially a warlock. You have your pact with the wizard, and yeah, he gives true. you powers. That's... We have to
1: have Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Of course. He's one of the biggest
2: nerds.
0: Yeah. Fighter. would be, a fighter. be the
2: fighter, yeah. He could also play Paladin. He could play whatever. He could play honestly. whatever he wants. He's, he's shirtless. Again, he was on. All... <laughs> as long as he's shirtless. <laughs> Just take, it off. Off. Just take yeah. it off. Give him one of those skippy out-
1: NPC outfits. Uh, we need a healer. Oh, that's right. We do need a healer.
0: Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Nicole Kidman, and like her healing spell is the intro she does for AMC movies. <laughs> yes. Somehow... Your heart wound feels good in a place like this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could see her playing like a queen type character. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm also picturing her character in *The Northmen*, so she could like either be the good queen yeah. or she could or be wife, or a like a
1: devious queen. Yeah. She could do
0: all of it. She's amazing.
1: She could do anything she wants. Love, love, love. Which would also
0: bring in because you know we had Hugh Grant in this one. If she were in the other one, we have like two different like Paddington villains in the. DM Paddington
1: villains. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness!
0: I think the, did we did. We cover all the classes, or oh, there's a lot more classes. No, there's, a mean, lot you know, there's, classes. there's a lot. Then you have like, like a necromancer. necromancer. Well, that's
2: subclasses, but like you know, if you an artificer, blood hunter. I'm currently yeah.
0: playing as a blood hunter, which I believe isn't is it official or is it? Just no, it's critical role. A critical role. Yeah, we didn't even touch on critical role. Uh, critical role being like one of the. the sort of like playing off of D, making it, its own thing out of it uh, vox machina mm-hmm. came out of that
1: critical wall has definitely um elevated elevated D. some people think that's a a hind a hindrance is that the right word no uh, i don't think so some people think because like once you watch critical role and how amazing matt mercer matt mercer is at world building that's you can't expect that from every DM.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's and that's the what voice that's, I think that's what the,
1: what the, what people are saying is like, oh, don't don't rely on Critical Role as a as a source of D anD D because that's not really how all D anD D goes.
0: I mean, there's also different things. I like one of my earlier exposures to D anD D was a podcast called The Adventure Zone, uh, that was pretty popular for a while. And then there's one, there's a fun one that uh, that's played by drag queens, which is called Queens of Adventure.
2: Oh, that's awesome. That was a fun one you have dimension 20 too with Brendan Lee Mulligan yeah. so uh, like you know if if you if you depending on how you're looking to play your campaign if it's going to be like a serious epic story i mean Matt Mercer is amazing to watch with that if you're looking for a goofball time that has a good kind of like jokey fun story with it dimension 20 Brendan Lee Mulligan is r- an amazing dm for that and they even so,
1: yeah. got they even got a shout out in the movie yeah like, uh fresh there's cut a grass. fresh cut uh, grass simon's spell yes <laughs> FCG. Which, is actually, which is actually a character in their going, ooh, in their current mm-hmm. campaign
2: nice ooh, spoiler alert fcg's going through their their uh first romantic uh thing uh and it was sand that's like the that's the first romancing in the campaign uh, uh fcg is romancing uh I forget his name because I actually didn't watch the episode. I've only seen clips. I need to actually watch the episode, but it looks so sweet.
0: Well, I would say, too, like, with Critical Role, with all, with all these podcasts and different, like, uh, modes of, like, bringing D and to the public consciousness, you realize, like, all of these DMs, they have, their job is to tell us a good story. But going into a and game yourself, you're doing that for you. Yes. You're not putting on a show for anyone else. Everything you do around that, that table, around that board, that's all that's all for you. That's all for your friends. That's all it's all supposed to be about fun. And there shouldn't be this pressure to make it like epic or anything like that. The whole point of D and D is to have fun.
2: Yep. Yes. Just to hang out with your friends and go on an adventure, you and know.
0: That's what I think the movie got right. It really captured that spirit. It did. And told a really good story while they were at it, but you know. Mm
2: hmm. It's they come together like whatever night we have Sunday nights. Sunday they, nights. They, they came together Sunday nights, and here's the story that we're going to go through today. And they played it. They yep. come to this place for magic, magic. <laughs> 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 because magic solves everything. Yes. <laughs>
0: double feature, which I haven't done for a while. Uh, I think I previously did it on the Dune episode, and that was fun. Um, but for this one, i want to do something slightly different. We just talked about Dungeons & Dragons on Our Among Thieves, and we want to pick maybe an unrelated movie that would go well with Dungeons & Dragons. Like, one movie to watch before or after. What do you think would work with that?
2: What do you mean by unrelated? Like, like
0: not, it's not Dungeons & Dragons, so you can't pick, like, the 2000 version. Oh, well, okay. Yeah,
2: because yeah, that would be an amazing double feature. This movie has such terrible acting. <laughs> this movie has such great acting.
0: <laughs> what not to do? What to yeah. do? <laughs> so,
2: it, it's like your first campaign. You've been playing D&D for a while now. <laughs>
0: I say unrelated because a lot of times you get movies that are, like, a sequel, and it's like, well, obviously you would pick a sequel for a double feature. Yes. But like, what, what would like, may, maybe something off kilter, like? Yeah, I, don't
1: pick like Lord of the Rings because that's. I mean, it's along the same lines.
2: It'll work. I mean,
0: you can you can do fantasy. Fantasy is okay,
2: but see when when it when it's a trilogy sequence like that, I feel like you're going to have to watch have the to whole watch thing, the and then you have the other one, so it's not really double feature. Yeah.
1: I got one. Go for it. It is fantasy, and it didn't do very well. So, maybe if it's collabed with D&D, it'll be great. And that's going to be Aragon.
2: Yes. I, 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 as soon as you were speaking and said that, I was like, I knew that was going to go, yes, Aragon.
0: I have not seen Aragon and <laughs> have also not heard great things about
2: it. <clears throat> it's, the same like,
1: it's the same like the old D&D. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. It's better, obviously, better CGI, but, you know, acting was...
1: <laughs> for, for, for that one, like, it wasn't, like, horrible... It was more horrible in the fact that it did not follow the book.
2: Oh, okay. at it's all. one of those things. Yeah.
1: Like, if you didn't know the book, it's a cute movie. It's a great, fun, time, fun one-time watch. And Jeremy Irons is in and it. And Jeremy Irons is in <laughs> it. Full circle.
2: So you go from this to this, and there's dragons? He
1: did that movie, and he was probably like, how did I end up here again?
2: <laughs> like, this oh. is what the first Dungeons and Dragons should have been like.
1: He's like, well, I wanted, a, I wanted a, another wing on my castle. And here I am.
2: For me, it, I would just pick Stardust again. You go Stardust and Dungeons and Dragons, it's basically the same thing again. Yeah, I could see it, that. It, it, it like, the, the, the one thing I'll say, like, Stardust, you have the skyship. Critical Role, they have skyships. You have the
1: adventurer, you have the you, witches. Yeah.
2: You, you have the whole reason they're going on the adventure is the star. You know, so you have the protector, and then you have the people who are looking to get the star. That's that's the mission.
0: <laughs> I'm going to kind of go with Willow. Okay. Um, yeah. It. I don't know if you've seen the new series. I have not. Is, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm so sad it's not being reviewed for a second season. You have no idea. But the movie from the 80s was very much a derivative of Lord of the Rings, in a way. Uh, instead of the ring, you have the baby, Laura Dannon. Um, and Willow is bringing her to safety. And every time he thinks he's found a safe place, they're like, no, you have to take care of her. And it's like this great adventure story where he's like an aspiring like, wizard, an aspiring sorcerer. And like he's learning magic as he goes along. And like he's so bad at it at some at one point like he's supposed to remove this curse from this powerful sorceress who was transformed into a uh, crow and like when he's trying to transform her into a human she he messes up and she's a goat and there's this hilarious scene where she's like without you idiot since <laughs> you uh, <So> um, <laughs> so
1: said baby that another two popped in my head i think that would work perfectly because again they are fancy um Labyrinth. Labyrinth can be good. And uh, Legend.
0: And those are all like part of that same school, like the fantasy from the 80s specifically, Mm -hmm. like Dark Crystal would have been part of that as well. Pagemaster. Yeah. Um, Val Kilmer played Mad Mardigan, who was like the sort of like fighter slash I guess kind of rogue-ish character. And he's so much fun in that. Like he's such a bungling like buffoon, but he's also like this great fighter. And it just you could see like D and D mechanics throughout the entire movie and I think it fits very well. That's why I would go with Willow. Oh
1: another another good D and D movie with uh Dragonheart. The Dragonhearts. Oh yes you can
2: see that too. The the original Dragon heart you say you haven't seen them? I have not seen Oh they're
1: so good. So good.
0: So i have uh, I have homework now. I have Aragon, I have Dragonheart,
2: I Yeah. Have, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I'll have to come over and watch him.
2: I mean, if wow. you ever want to see a dragon speak in Sean Connery's voice, that it's it's, it's it's everything. Epic. He has the best voice for it. It's dragon. such a good dragon. Oh uh, yes,
0: Sean Connery. We need you to play an Irish character. Can you do that? Yeah, but I'm going to do it with my Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So um, I, that pretty much concludes our episode. Uh, where can we find you on social media?
1: Um, I am J on Instagram and TikTok.
2: Uh, i am Colt Cult3Ninjas, <laughs> another one of my favorites from my childhood, on Instagram.
0: No judgment, those childhood uh, favorites really do stick with you. The 90s. The 90s, yes. Uh, is there anything you wanted to plug? Any projects that you're working on?
1: Not for me, nothing coming up that I can think of.
2: Um, I'm, I'm an introvert. <laughs> I don't really do projects. I have my writings of my campaign that I do. That's what I got.
0: Well, yeah, Those when, when you go through the campaigns, when you post those like on your socials, those are a lot of fun. So that, I think, is worth plugging. Oh,
2: uh, yeah. yeah so you, you, you do the recaps? Yeah. Y- yes, so uh, that's what I started to get interested into doing now. Hey, I do recaps on our campaign! That's right, and it's a good campaign, so follow along if you're interested. We don't record any podcasts for it, though, that's... No, I just take pictures and show what we did and talk about what we did and how we went through everything, so everyone can get an idea of, like, how our campaign goes.
0: Speaking of Scottish accents, you do not want to hear my horrible (laughs) Scottish accent, that's for sure.
1: It doesn't have to be Scottish. It's D and D. Could be whatever you want. Yeah, it's. It could be Scottish. It's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Thank yes, you, guys. Thank, thank you for listening. Great. Thank, thank you for having us.
0: Of course. Yeah. Anytime. It's great having you on the show. It was, this was a fun conversation.
2: I'm nerding out about stuff that like keep me invited. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course.
0: Yeah. And for everyone at home, uh, I hope you we are not just entertained, but somehow reborn together.